Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. And welcome to Collaborative Connections Radio Show and Podcast, sponsored by KLM Consulting, Marketing, and Management, located in Tempe, Arizona. And I am your guest host, Rochelle Poulton, and we are coming to you live via Phoenix Business Radio X, also located in Tempe, Arizona, in the Max 6 building. Or if you are catching the replay of your favorite podcast platform, then we aren't live anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But Collaborative Connections is a series created to bring entrepreneurs, locally owned businesses, nonprofits, and associations together to build relationships, foster collaboration, and grow a stronger community together. And our hope for today is that listeners and guests alike will walk away with a golden nugget and a new resource for their business. And today, I have the honor of being with two amazing people that I've known for a very long time. And I would love to introduce you to, first up, Paul Hershenberg. And Paul, could you tell us your name, your company, and what you do? Awesome. Well, thank you, Rochelle. So, Paul Hershenberg, I am the founder of Hershenberg and Stonewalsh Insurance Services. And more or less, I'm an employee benefits expert. So, I help employers design, implement, and maintain their employee benefit programs. Excellent. Thank you, Paul. And of course, Irene Flosky. Hi, my name is Irene Flosky. I am the president of Independence Insurance Group. And we have been in business since 2009. We are insurance brokers that specialize in personal and commercial insurance. And we help individuals and business owners shop around for the right combination of insurance coverage and price. Excellent. And I can tell you from personal experience, these two are pros. They are awesome. Love them to death. So today we're going to talk about business, right? And the connections and the importance of having connections in business and making those connections, collaborative connections. So first, let's talk about how we all met. We were all in this uh, networking group together for years, years and years and years. And I think you guys were in a networking group together before I joined. And I think I joined in 2013. That's correct. Yeah. I think we started it in 2000, like 2005. Um, and it pretty much the, you know, we went for about 15, almost 15 years we went for. And the amount of connections I made were just out of control. And when I look back to see what that added to my bottom line over the last 20 years, it's a very, very large number. So yeah, it was, it was a very good group. It was also a group where we were able to not just pass business like most, you know, which is the goal of most networking groups, but we also became very good friends. And even though some of the members that uh, left the group, we, we continue to be friends. We continue to be business partners. We continue to send business to each other. So it, it, it really brought us a very strong network of uh, great professionals. Yeah. So when you're a new business uh, starting out, you know, one of the, or even an established business and you're like, okay, how do I get more leads? Obviously the first thing you should do is network, you know, grow your community, find people that you have synergy with. And it's also hard as a business owner too, to make friends, right? Because you're busy all the time. Mm -hmm. Networking is where you find other entrepreneurs that you may have something in common with. So Paul, you want to speak on that? Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, I think one of the, the hardest parts of being a business owner is you feel like you're on this island all the time and there's nobody to turn to because you're the, you're the one at the top. And anytime I can, you know, 
talk to another business owner, we both kind of light up because at the end of the day, we get to actually talk to somebody who understands what we're going through. And just that interaction between the two of us where, you know, we can share ideas and I can tell them what's worked for me and how I dealt with that difficult employee. And he can share ideas with me as far as how they dealt with stuff. So, yeah, I really, really always enjoy talking to other business owners because, once again, I learn so much and I feel like I have so much to give as well. So clearly we have doubled the responsibility because not only we have to do what we do in business, but we also have to manage our businesses daily. And other business owners understand what that's like. Mm -hmm. So you get to establish those relationships that are going to eventually become your sales force. And you're going to make connections with other business owners that are going to tell you what works, what doesn't work, and that you at the same time have the opportunity to help in that regard as well. It's truly like, you know, when you find your people, uh, you find them and it's amazing. And you can go to a lot of networking groups and you can meet a lot of people, but you know when you have found the right group because amazing things start to happen. You start making connections, you start going to happy hours, uh, you start generating business. And more importantly, you're actually referring business out to other people, which is where real connections happen and real synergy takes place. And the whole point of networking is to network, literally make connections. It's really awesome. And then you learn the other things about business, you know, aside from once you get started, now you reach that first, you know, real hurdle, which is getting insured. So Irene, you want to talk a little bit about commercial insurance and what that means and why it's so important for businesses. So most businesses really don't understand the importance of having business insurance. Most businesses get insurance because they're required to present proof of general liability. Well, that may not be the, um, the biggest risk that you have to tackle for your particular uh, profession or for your company. So you need a good insurance agent that has experience in commercial insurance that gets to know what you do, what your business operations are, what your situation is, um, how, how, your, how your operations work, how you handle your business to make recommendations as your business grows. Uh, because it's not just about getting insurance now, it's, it's about growing according to your, to your business needs. That's what we do. We find the, the, the right combination of coverage and price for each of our customers and that plan changes, it, it grows, it, um, it shifts, depending on, on where that, partic that particular company goes. Yeah, I think one of the big things people forget about is workers' compensation insurance. Forget to get it. Well, that is actually one of the biggest misconceptions in business insurance because some business owners, most business owners, I'll, I'll say, think that because you're paying somebody 1099 that you're not responsible for their workers' comp coverage. And that is totally erroneous. Uh, regardless of how you pay the employee, whether it's 1099 or W-2, the key for them to be considered a true independent contractor, among other things, are uh, do you have control over the job sites or the locations or the uh, hours that they work? Also, a true independent contractor, they have their own insurance and they present the business owner with a certificate of insurance. So workers' comp insurance has to come from somewhere, either the business owner or the independent contractor. And if the independent contractor 
does not have their own coverage, then they're truly not an independent contractor and the insurance company will consider them as employees regardless if they're paid to 99. Yeah, I don't think many people, I don't think a lot of businesses realize that when they open their doors because it's hard when you first get started to hire employees. Employees are expensive, um, but you know, you want to sub out everything that you can. But when you've got, you know, your virtual assistant, your virtual this and your person that comes in a couple hours a week here and there, yeah, you have to have workers' compensation insurance in addition to a really good general liability policy. Of course. And, and for those of us that, that uh, give advice to our, to our clients, we make recommendations. We can potentially cause a financial loss to them. Professional liability is uh, quite possibly, well, it is more important than even the general liability insurance because general liability covers exclusively the injuries and the property damage that you can cause to others and your clients. So those of us that give advice, we need professional liability. That's where the biggest risk for us is. That's where that's where we can cause a loss, a financial loss to to our to our customers. So that's what we do. We we just um, have experience in the various types of industries. We have experience in commercial insurance. We have the right insurance companies uh, that are financially strong. We just uh, provide advice, so we don't we don't really sell insurance. Our biggest goal is to is to be advisors for our clients. I love that. So, what is the biggest industry that you see boom in right now that are in need of your services? Well, our agency focuses. Well, we don't. We can help anybody really. The majority of our business comes from contractors, so tradespeople. We have a lot of experience in the insurance requirements and, and, and the contracts that, uh, that they have, the, the insurance requirements that they're asked to present. We write a lot of social service agencies, so or either group homes or organizations that provide uh, foster services or behavioral therapy, psychologist office, that kind of thing. And we also uh, write a lot of just professional services. Awesome. And so speaking on that, like once now you've gotten your insurance game together and you're probably freaking out like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I have any of these. Yeah, uh, good. That's the golden nugget you're taking away from today is that this is probably an area as a business owner and as an entrepreneur that you should get right and tight and just give Irene a call. Just do a consult, you know? Get advice from professionals, other business owners that have suffered right along with you. But once you've gotten past that insurance part, now you're into the second hurdle, which is like, okay, I, I actually need to bring on employees. And one of the biggest things I think we see is employee retention. Uh, and I think one of the benefits that Paul offers is literally called employee benefits. So can you explain to our audience today, what exactly does that mean? So I think in today's world, I think we all recognize that the one challenge we all have is how do we attract and retain good quality employees? And then how do we get them from good employees to great employees? And I think that, you know, all businesses are facing the same problem right now. So when an employee goes and is doing interviews and they're a good quality person that any employer would be lucky to have, what are they looking at? They're looking at your offer versus the other offer they got versus the other offer they got. They probably have several offers in the table. So then what are they comparing? So we're going to look at, you know, they're going to look at what, what I make. That's number one. But number two, right behind it is, is what benefits does this employer offer me? 
Do they have health insurance? Is it is it expensive or does the employer actually pay most of the cost for it? Do they offer dental, vision, uh, short-term disability, long-term disability, life insurance, uh, retirement plans? There's a, a large number of things that are used to help attract the right employees and then get them to stay. So that's the biggest hurdle we see with employers right now. I always say, you know, once you've hit that line where, okay, I'm ready to bring on employees, what do we need to do? It really comes down to, I think, the, the first key benefit is probably health insurance. That's the one that if an employee, you know, gets hurt. Now, if they get hurt on the job, that goes back to one of Irene's insurance, which is workers' comp. However, what happens if they get hurt off the job? That is health insurance. And that's where an employee could, could you know, if they got hurt or, God forbid, got sick for something major, you know, they would be bankrupt really, really quickly. So it's a really important benefit to bring on the health insurance side. I think that's probably the most important. I think one of the things that, that we do that's a lot different is on the design side. So we're going to look at all the options out there. We have all the carriers at our fingertips. So everybody that offers health insurance anywhere in the country, we are licensed with them. So we just pretty much shop the entire marketplace. We put your group out to bid, figure out who's got the best rates for you, best plan designs. And then we try to narrow this, you know, this 800 pages of quotes down to a two or three page spreadsheet that shows the employer, hey, Here's what Blue Cross is offering. Here's what United Healthcare is offering. Here's what Cigna is offering. And with our expertise, we can kind of help that employer make sure they're bringing on the best plan for the employees and, uh, you know, just pretty much be a broker at that point. So that's the one part of our job is to be a broker. The next part of our job is to be an agent. And when we talk about being an agent, that's um, that's working with the employees, making sure they understand what they're buying, making sure that, that you know, they understand the benefits of, of going on these, these plans. And also, most importantly, making sure that they understand what the employer is doing for them, making sure they understand how much the employer is paying for this benefit for them. Those are the things that help attract and retain good quality employees. I think the kind of the next piece we go into is the monitoring of these benefits. So unfortunately, once you have employees, you have a lot of laws you have to follow now. It is ridiculous on both sides of the coin, whether it's Irene stuff she's doing or the stuff that I'm doing. Once you have employees, there's a certain legality that you have to now do. And then once you offer benefits, there's a whole other level of stuff you have to do. So you have to give the, make sure the employee sees all these forms and all these plan summaries. And not only do they have to see them, you have to document that you showed them to them. It's not, it's not good enough just to give it to them. You have to document that you gave it to them because if you can't show proof that you gave it to them, it didn't exist. So that's that other layer that we really try to work with with the employer and their human resource, the office manager, is just make sure that they do all the stuff that needs to be done to keep them compliant with all the laws. We actually create most of the forms they need to give the employees. Uh, if there's some kind of government uh, form that has to be filed, we actually help the employer file that form. We build the whole thing out for them and really try to make it as easy as we can for the employer to actually monitor this, this health insurance plan and do all the things they have to do. Because after all, an employer has to do their job. So if they're a plumber, they have to make sure that the, the, pipe, the, the, the pipes are being cleaned. If they're an attorney or an accountant, they have a job they have to do. Most of the time what we see out there is that a lot of times that the person who's kind of assigned to this task, whether it's there's somebody that's, you know, that's been assigned HR or somebody who's an office manager, 
a lot of times they don't understand all the intricacies of offering these benefits. So it's our job to really coach them, make sure they understand the legalities of what's going on here, provide them assistance. And one of the other things that, that we really pride ourselves on is our is our human resource expertise. So we actually provide human resource help to all of our clients. That way, you know, the worst thing that could happen is to, is to have an employee successfully sue you. And if that happens, that means there was a big breakdown in HR somewhere. So human resources. So in the past, when I back up 10, 15 years from now, human resources is like a thing that, oh, I don't want to have to pay a human resources person. Oh, it's just a waste of money. Well, now, 2023, you, your human resources is very much the most important part of your staff because their job is to set the company culture. And so in order for them to do that, they have to be properly trained. We have training sessions for them to get them from a, you know, a B level HR person to an A level or from a C minus to a B. So we really try to provide our clients with a, the ability for their in-house people to really make a difference and uh, really know what their job is. Yeah. And I would say you're doing that. (laughs) You know, uh, one of the services that we offer at KLM is, you know, under project management is helping people hire. And, you know, obviously the number one thing that employers want to know is, well, what do I have to pay someone to attract talent? And it's like, yeah, you do have to like pay more than you were expecting. But if you don't offer any of these other benefits, you know, like if you aren't offering health insurance or vision, dental, life, 401k, like all of that fun stuff, you know, it it makes it hard for you to compete in this marketplace right now because, you know, everyone, you can get a job at Target these days making $20 an hour. So what really different, and they have good benefits, you know? So even though you may be a small business thinking, oh, I can't afford it. I can't, I don't want to offer that. That sounds complicated. It's a lot easier than you think when you actually consult with a professional who does this. And if you don't have an HR team, you know, being able to, you know, just have a discussion about, does HR really mean? What does that really look like in my small business where we only have three or four employees? Because it's not a whole department anymore. A lot of this stuff can be done with software online and you designate one individual within your organization to do it. And the same thing with insurance, you know, it does fall on the business owner to understand what's really going on. But when you're ready to expand, you can definitely offload some of that conversation and training onto somebody else who can help make sure that you're compliant. And that usually is your HR person. So. It all kind of ties in together, you know, making sure that you're compliant as a business. But it's it's one of the hard parts about being a business owner. The extra stuff, you know, you you may have started, you know, your own bakery because you love making cupcakes. But then the first thing you realize when you start that bakery is like, holy crap, I'm a cashier. I'm the marketing department. I'm payroll. I'm, 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 I'm. And the list goes on and on and on because it's a 24-7 job. So how do you two manage that part of being an entrepreneur? So it obviously took a lot of effort at the beginning. As the business grows, you realize that really passing that along to an expert that can help you with that really frees you up to do what you do best, which is to offer your your, your service or your product. So freeing up that time, understanding that if I have if I were to free that time for me to do what I do, I was actually going to be more productive and my income was going, to, was, was going to continue to grow versus me trying to handle everything. So getting to know the right advisors, 
creating those alliances was was really key for me to free up that time so I could grow my company, spend that time training other people and just passing passing that baton to to someone else that has that expertise. I would say that one of my unique things as a business owner myself is that I, for the last 25 years, have got to see hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of businesses and been able to kind of watch business owners and things that they do that I really like and take them on and bring them, you know, make them one of my own. And then also see things that from business owners I don't like and be able to say, okay, I will never do that and and learn from their mistakes. So I think that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that puts me in a very cool, unique situation. Um, So I think the one thing I, I really learned is this, when it comes to, once you start growing your business and you definitely need those employees and you need them to be good employees, your job changes. And I think a lot of business owners don't recognize that this change occurs. And rather than being a great doctor, a great attorney, um, a great CPA, now you have to be a great recruiter. You have to be a great trainer. You have to be a great motivator. You've got to be able to build trust with your employees and build loyalty with your employees. And those are skills that sometimes we don't come to the table with as a business owner. So I always encourage my clients to learn, figure out what they're weak in. Are they not good at recruiting? Are they not good at inspiring? Well, then take a class, read a book, <laughs> you know, go on, get a podcast on how, to, you know, on how to inspire people and fill that weakness that you have. Now, obviously, there's, there's, there's things that you can outsource and there's things that you can't outsource. And things that you can't outsource, you have to recognize what those things are and recognize this is my job now and really focus on how do I do that best job possible. Even if it's not a natural skill I have, you now have to recognize that and fill that void and make that a a something that you're good at, not something that you're bad at. I totally agree. I think, you know, one of the fun parts about being an entrepreneur is that self-development piece. You are constantly doing anything you can to improve your quality of life and your professional acumen. You know, so getting a business coach, personal coach, a life coach, reading a book, any book on uh, anything, whether it's for, you know, just enjoyment or self-development or professional development, um, it's really important, you know, to constantly be thinking about ways to improve your business and improve yourself because ultimately it just adds to your bottom line. Do either of you have a a favorite book or something that you would recommend to business owners who are looking to take the next step? Irene, what you got? Um, Well, (laughs) my favorite book is actually the Bible. I am a very spiritual person and I've always found a lot of guidance from it. So that's that's my number one book. Professionally, I would say Rich Dad Poor Dad was one of the books that really started getting me. It was one of the first books that brought me into that business owner mindset and really shifting the way of thinking from being self-employed to becoming a business owner. I'm going to say that was the mo- one of the most influential books that I've that I've read professionally because everything kind of Everything kind of grew from there for me. Yeah, that's definitely a good read. Yeah, definitely. So I would say that for me, I have a really hard time. One of my 
challenges in being a business owner and being a an employee benefits expert is is that I've always had a kind of a difficult time reading. And, and even though I can read very well, the ability to actually kind of retain what I'm reading kind of has always been a, a little lacking for me. So I find I respond really well to podcasts, to, you know, I'll just go on to YouTube. Uh, I'll give you an example. So I was trying to find some, some stuff on executive benefit plans. So I just went on to YouTube and started watching videos. And there's videos that are two minutes long, all the way to like really in-depth, like hour-long, like panel discussions. And, and so I like to do those visual kind of things where I can just kind of listen and get into it. But, and that like, just like Irene said, that turns on my business switch and gets me thinking really differently rather than, you know, the day-to-day grind of, okay, I got to call this person back. I got to do this job. Uh, it gets me kind of working on the business, not in the business. So I really enjoy my, my podcast and, and I encourage you, you know, whatever your profession is or whatever you think you're weak in, literally just jump on a podcast and search for something and you'll see all kinds of stuff pop up and no matter what your field is. So definitely that, that that's, that's my little trick that I do. I think that most of us, at least business owners that, that work in an, in an office setting, we read a lot. We read all day long, except it's usually not stuff that we want to read. So I read a lot of insurance contracts. That is not ideal. So it, it it requires really being intentional about choosing something that's either for personal growth or for professional growth. So the things that I that I read in my profession, they're things that I have to read, but they're not things that I um, am necessarily interested in for professional growth. So it's it's important to be intentional. And, and and searching to 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 continue to learn, um, and if reading is is not the forte, like Paul says, you know, get a podcast or ask other business owners. You know what's what's working for them. If 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 you're not a visual person, find what works. Yeah, and I think you know you really can't undervalue a one-on-one conversation with somebody. Virtual coffees, lunches, breakfast meetings, those kinds of meetings that you have with other professionals are just golden opportunities to really expand your knowledge of different industries of yourself. And, you know, it's just a great way to talk through business because a lot of business owners are extremely kind and want to help you grow. And there's just always, you know, they're just willing to give you as much information as you want on any topic. Who you would consider your competition. Yes. You can establish alliances, perhaps not to not to send business to each other, uh, but 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 to learn from each other. So in in our case, Paul and I, uh, we were able to create a strong alliance because he he does all the lines of insurance that I don't do, and vice versa. So he helps my clients, I help his clients, and so that works real well. But I have I have strong friendships with other insurance agents that do exactly what I do. And we're constantly in touch and they tell me what's working. I tell them what's working, what's not working. And um, also something that I really want to stress is the importance of finding mentors. That is absolute key for growing professionally and personally. Find people that you can establish a relationship with that are willing to guide you to people that have more experience than you do people who have been there, people who um, are willing to share their, their, their experience and their wisdom in the, in the industry and associate yourself with the people that, I, that you want to be like. So I am, I am so, 
I am so lucky that I get to really have the the network of professionals and friends that I have because they're all people that I really admire in one way or another. They're, I mean, I admire because I admire them because they're they're great at what they do. They're the best at what they do. People who have helped me in my business and people who I also admire personally. So I'm going to say that centers of influence, finding a mentor is is key in the growth of um, you and your company. Amen to that. You know, being able to have someone that you can call when you're stuck. You know, problems come up and you may feel like you're alone, but no, you're not. You're not the first person to experience this particular issue. And if you just open up your phone and call a business owner that is in there, they can probably talk you through it. Like, you know, this happened to me. Uh, this is what I did. Uh, your situation's different. I wouldn't handle it that way. <laughs> um, you know, you never really know what kind of advice you're going to get when you when you talk to somebody and get a different perspective on a situation that you have. Paul, have you had that same kind of uh, experience? Yeah. So when you're a business owner, you feel like you're on an island. When you're an employee benefits expert and you have an employee benefits firm, you really feel like you're on, you're on an island because truly nobody understands the employee benefits except for your competition. So what we did a few years ago is we uh, we put it out there to, to several agencies and said, hey, we want to start, even though we're in competition with each other, there's a lot to learn out there. And, and so we started a group of other employee benefits brokers and we started uh, we started to meet once uh, once a quarter, and the learning that has gone on, like you know, I would say there's definitely been some stuff we learned from from them, but the amount of stuff that we were able to be like, hey, all you gotta do is this, 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 and this, and this is the result, and they were just like blown away. So I, I think that it's you know it's always good no matter what your profession is if you can find your competition, and just say, hey, let's get together. And, you know, we don't, you know, even though we might be in competition a few times a year, fine, let the best men win. Let's see if we can help leverage each other so that collectively we can beat the rest of our competition. And I think that's been one of the, one of the big things is, you know, partnering with, you know, six or seven agencies here in the Phoenix area to do what we do. Now we almost built this alliance now that we are able to compete with pretty much anybody out there. So it really has been, it's been, a, it's been a win-win for everybody involved so far. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy obviously talking to business owners, but talking to my, my peers, my competition and getting to know them and, um, and yeah, learning from them. So yeah, I think that's a huge thing to do. Yeah. And I think that's kind of one of the fun shifts that we're getting into in this phase of business where it's not really the old school, you know, eat your young right? In business, like it's really more collaborative and people are really looking to help each other as opposed to, you know, put each other out of business. Now, when you do run into those people, because they still exist, those companies that are real sharks, there's tons of other businesses out there within your own industry that are totally cool. You just have to go find those people. They're out there. There's plenty of business for everybody. Just uh, f- figure out how you want to be like, what's your company culture, what you want to stay away from, who do you, who you want to be and stick to that and keep moving, get, get away from those kinds of influences. Nobody needs to spend any time on that. I think that, uh, one of the things that I see out there a lot is, you know, in almost all businesses, that no matter what the business is, there's been this giant push and this giant leap of technology that's happened in all of our worlds in the last five to seven years. And I think that that 
that technology push-up is it, that's what separates us from our competition. But it's also nice to see how other pieces of our competition are handling that technology piece because that is everything right now, in my opinion. I'm obviously, hiring and retracting good quality employees is high up there. But my goodness, with with everything that's happened, there isn't a business out there that isn't getting technology, new technology, better technology thrown at them nonstop right now. And you have to be able to, once again, now you've got to be a technology expert too. You have to now shift and understand what they're talking about and understand how this is going to make your business better, more efficient, more profitable. So that's that's always one of my big challenges is how, you know, what are these technologies should I buy? They're expensive. What should I be focused on? And talking to my peers, that helped me really narrow down what technologies they're using, what's working, uh, what to stay away from. That's been a another huge part of my uh, of my growth in the last five years is the technology piece of things. Agreed. There are so many subscriptions that you can get. And, you know, you may be thinking, oh, it's only 15 bucks a month for this. It's, you know, $197 a year for that or you know, but the prices just go up, you know, especially when you're getting into professional software, it's like, okay, this is $3,500 a year or $3,500 a month. And, you know, before you know it, you are maxed out uh, financially on dealing with all these technology expenses. So before you get into those contracts, it's really important that you do your research and ask, you know, like, hey, what are you using for your scheduling? What do I need this to connect with? And if you're not really tech savvy, find someone who is. Like as the business owner, you don't have to do it all yourself. It may seem like you do, but no, bring in support, ask a friend. And I think one of the biggest shifts that we've seen in business in the last few years, obviously, as a result of the pandemic is virtual, you know, being able to work remotely. I mean, we're doing this podcast remotely. So I, you know, Alba, how is that affecting your industries and your business and, you know, how you're able to serve your clients? Because traditionally you guys are seen as being in these big offices, you know, with a room full of people and people have to come to you in person to do stuff. So can you speak on that, how that's changed or hasn't changed in both of your businesses? Well, we were, we were set up uh, even prior to the pandemic. We were, we were very well set up to work remotely. So it, Fortunately, did not affect us tremendously. Um, it certainly disrupted the insurance industry like it did for every industry. But uh, we were we were able to adapt very quickly. And I got to say, it wasn't because of me. It was because <laughs> I had somebody that was good with technology that had set that up. So I think that the new technology is definitely a benefit. It allows us to do more, better and faster, but it does not replace the human interaction. So it helps us continue to strengthen the relationship, you know, and it may very well help establish relationships with, with clients or with other peers or with our teams even. But I don't feel that, or, or at least I, I don't, I'm trying to not, let it be the only way that we do business. You know, we still want to see our referral sources, our business partners. You know, most of our clients we we deal with remotely, but I, I really believe that it's not a replacement for for human interaction. It, it allows you to maintain, it allows you to grow, but the um, 
the the one-on-one contact is 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 what really solidifies a relationship. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I would say from a uh, from the technology standpoint, I think the the few, few few things that really have exploded into my world is I'm once again I'm a big believer in videos, right? So I've been creating a ton of videos, me and my team on pretty much anything that can have to do with the employee benefits world, whether it's how do you log on to the United Healthcare portal to see your claims? How do you do this? How do you do that? So we've really built a strong library for our clients that we have topics on everything pretty much already recorded. I did it all on Zoom. It was relatively easy. So now I've got this huge video library. So when a client has a problem, I'm able to just be like, okay, well, I created the video on that. I'll, I'll tell you how to do it real quick, but I'm also going to send you the video in case you know you, you kind of get lost or can't do it right now. And it really allows me to not only provide that, you know, to have that client touch. And that's what I think that we use the technology for is to provide the client touch without us having to do anything. And Irene hits me really important. You can't let technology rule the situation, especially in our worlds. We are full relationship driven, right? So we want to make sure that we build that relationship and keep that relationship. So, but we want to use the technology to strengthen that relationship. Uh, so I think that's really huge. I think the other big piece to the technology that we, we've really had a big change on is the way that, in, at least in my world, the old way of doing paper, you know, applications where the employee has to fill in a paper application to apply for the, you know, their health insurance, those days are all gone. So it's all moved online now. And the amount of data that can feed around between all these programs we have, I'm able to now send a email to a client, to an employee that has Delta Dental and send them an email in December to say, hey, don't forget to get your cleaning done because your benefits reset January 1. So it really has allowed me to, to, to not only you know, take better care of my clients, but really make sure that they understand the benefit and give them a little knock and say, hey, you know, don't forget about this. This is important. If you've got the vision care, don't forget to go get your glasses because it all resets next month. So it's these little things that, that, once again, I think you have to use the technology to enhance the relationship. It can't replace the relationship, but it can definitely, definitely enhance it if you know how to use it. Yeah. And for, I think a lot of businesses maybe, you know, are, are used to that handshake doing everything in person, afraid to migrate away from that, don't. Like, just use virtual and the technology to enhance your business. You can help more people when you start having remote meetings. Otherwise, when you when you have people come to you all the time, they have to drive, they have to take time out of their day to come meet you, or you have to take time out of your day to go meet them. You know, you can, you can really lose half a day just in your car. And, you know, I remember doing that, you know, going to networking events and meeting with clients and going to court when I was an attorney and all this and that. And I was, I just felt like I was a 12 hour day, you know, only getting four hours worth of work done because of travel. And now, you know, with everything being virtual, you know, I don't really practice law as much anymore, but, you know, it's awesome. I can meet with clients faster. You know, if you want to meet with me, we can probably get on my calendar either later today or tomorrow. That's the power of, you know, being able to have a virtual meeting as opposed to meeting someone in person is you kind of get things on demand. Whereas before it was like, ah, let's email back and forth and call six times and try to get something on the calendar. And, oh, well, I've got a dentist appointment. Let me reschedule this. You know, like it's just a lot easier to sort of avoid those hurdles. So you guys have built in business for a while. 
tell our audience what it was like when you got through that first phase and you finally hit that, okay, this is going to work. We're not going to be part of that 95% of businesses that fail in the first five years. I think for me is every time I have brought somebody new to my team, it takes me to the next level. So when it was, when it was just me and I was doing everything, when I brought on my first employee, that allowed me to grow considerably. And every time we've added somebody, somebody else to our team, it, um, it, it has definitely resulted in growth. And I'm going to say training people is key. Identifying their natural skills and abilities and talents is key. And so that, that to me is just, it's very scary. It's very scary to hire people. Why? Because now you have someone else on payroll that you're responsible for. So it's very scary. But when you get to the mindset that you have to make it work, like there's, there's no other option but to make it work. And once you, once you recognize that, once you establish, okay, so how much, how much do I need to, to, to close to, make, to be able to make this work? How much more does my payroll need to? Once you know the number, then it turns it into an achievable goal, something realistic. And at that point, you you have control over it and it makes it attainable. And once you know how to get there or where you need to get, then you just make it happen. And so every time I've added somebody somebody new to my team, it it has turned into growth for my company. For me, it was a, uh, so I, I can kind of think back to two actual turning points in, in kind of the path on this whole thing. One was I would, so as a young insurance person, I was giving my health insurance employee benefits referral to somebody who did that kind of work. And they were supposed to be, you know, one of the best in the Valley at doing it. And I remember watching it. And I remember kind of having this kind of moment of, holy moly, these guys stink. They don't know what they're doing. They don't provide good customer service. They, they're, they're just not doing the job they should be doing. And there was a moment there when I was like, oh, this is the need and this is what's out there. So it was really that at that moment that I noticed that there was a huge hole in the system and that I could go out there and really exploit that hole and, and, and have a speech that I could put together for that prospect that would pretty much I would walk out with. It was a 100% closing ratio because I recognized what, what was going on. And I recognized what was needed. And so that was the first big moment. The second big moment, and, and this was kind of a back to our networking days. So there was a uh, we had a payroll person in our group. His name was Rory. And he was really good, super nice guy, didn't last very long in the group, was pretty much out of there within like 18 months. But me and him kind of kept in touch. And he eventually went to work for an insurance company, Aflac, and worked with them for a while and was trying to get into one of the clients that he actually referred me into. And the actual business owner says, well, why don't, what are you doing this for? Why don't you talk to Paul? Paul's out there killing it right now. Why don't you go work for him? So Rory gives me a call, and that's why the company is now called Hershenberg and Stonewash. I met my, my business partner, Rory Stonewash, there. And that was the day that truly, <laughs> I'm not kidding, everything took off. We were, you know, we were a very small employee benefits agency. Uh, now we're one of the top biggest agencies in the state of Arizona. So, and it was 99% because of Rory and the ability to kind of, you know, and I'm not saying that he was, he was able to take my vision and run with it. And I gave him the, the, the runway. And so that was my biggest moment. And it wouldn't have happened without meeting him at a networking group in 2008, 2007. 
So that's, you know, that's one of those, when I looked to see what that networking group really brought me, uh, it brought me Rory. <laughs> that's been the biggest gift of all. Yeah. <laughs> the sentimental side. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, that is amazing. Just to kind of wrap things up here, if you could give just that one last piece of advice or one final golden nugget to our listeners, what would it be? I would say collaborate, get used to collaborations, get used to creating strong alliances. And if you don't know how, learn, because success comes with strong alliances. So instead of searching for your next client, take that time and develop a relationship with another professional that can send you business regularly. Identify who are your power partners develop those relationships, train them on how to, re- how, how to have them refer you business. And at the same time, let them train you on how you can send business to them. Create that strong alliance. When you don't know how to do something, talk to other business owners. That's another strong alliance. When you need professional help, reach out to a mentor, create strong alliances. I think that collaboration is where it's at and it, it will guarantee the, the growth of your company. Boom. That's why we're here. Collaborative Connections, radio show and podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Paul? So for me, I think that um, at the end of the day, it's important for a business owner to kind of understand what they're good at, what they're not good at. And if they find something they're not good at, find a way to either outsource that or get good at it. There There is no choice C there. It's either outsource it or become good at it. When every time I've ever heard a person get an award that's a business owner, no matter what the, no matter if it's financial, whether it's insurance, whether it's the plumbing plumbing award of the year, what's the first thing that business owner always says when he's when he gets up on stage? I could not have done this without my people, my without my team. my team. So I think that you know that's a lesson to be learned. But that's the first thing that literally every one of them says. What does that tell you? That tells you that your focus needs to be on creating a really good team. (laughs) Because if you can do that, then you are successful. If you cannot do that, then you're going to, I'm not saying you will be successful. There's plenty of business owners that are successful in spite of themselves. But if you truly want to take your business to the next level, you have to understand that it is the people that make the business great. You can only take it so far yourself. So that's where, you know, understanding that your job is now to attract and retain the right people to take your business to the next level. Become a good leader and take care of your people. Take care of your team. Assure their professional growth. Motivate them. Encourage them. So that is, that is absolute, absolute key. Take care of your people. Yeah. I agree with that. All of that. That is some excellent advice for our listeners. I hope all of you found something to take away. But before we end today, let us know how our listeners can reach each of you. So provide your email, your website, your social media channels, all the good stuff. So they can find us online at www.indieinsurance.com. That's I-N-D-I-E insurance.com or just Google Independence Insurance Group. Phoenix, Arizona. We are on Facebook and our phone number is 480-656-1036. 
That is 480-656-1036. And our office is on, it's in North Phoenix on 32nd Street, just south of Shea Boulevard. So for me, I was the our website is hsinsuranceservices.com. It's Hershenberg Stonewalsh Insurance Services.com. So hsinsuranceservices.com. My phone number is 602-321-2889. And my email address is paul at my last name. It's Hershenberg Financial and Hershenberg is all E's. So it's H-E-R-S-H-E-N-B-E-R-G.com. Oh, excuse me, financial.com. Love it. And thank you all so much for being here. I have loved having you on the show. I've loved being the guest host for today's show. And you have been listening to Collaborative Connections radio show and podcast sponsored by KLM. KLM duplicates business owners so they have more time and energy to do what they love. And our favorite saying at KLM is, do what you love and outsource everything else. Until next time, happy connecting.